Welcome in, Evil Jeff. Back on the mic once again. So, what do we got going on today? Well, if you've looked at the title, then you know it looks like we're talking about Paysetter Games once again, the BX Remastered. Yes, I've gone on for six previous podcasts uh, prior to this about it, and I told you that once the revised GM's guide got to me, I could then look at it and make a final assertion. So, a couple days ago, apparently, this package came in the mail, and my wife conveniently forgot about it for two days. And then I'm talking about something else somewhere, I guess with one of the minions, and my wife goes, oh yeah, and then goes over and pulls it out from underneath a stack of paper and other things. She goes, oh yeah, this came for you the other day. Like, yeah, real nice. Thank you so much. So, let me, you know, I don't normally do unboxings, but yep, I am going to open it up right now. How many of you sleep with a box cutter by your bed? Never knowing who's going to come in in the middle of the night. Actually, I sleep well, with a box cutter. I just happened to find the two knives that I have hidden. Those are really the ones I use for protection. Alright, there it is. Nice little not media mail. Yeah, you... Yeah, Postal Service Media Mail that we got once before. And here's the book. All right. And looks like same thing here. So let me grab my binder with this book in it, the original book. And let's take a quick physical look at them and determine what's different about them. So let me move the phone right here. And we'll pull out the dungeon guide out of my little notebook that I created. It has this thing. All right, immediately I can tell that the new one is thicker. I can tell the binding is a bit different in it. And not by much, though. Yeah, where the original BX Dungeon Guide is got staple, you can see the staple in it. You cannot see that in the new one, which means that they added pages to it. Let's take a quick look. This last one, all right, the original ends on page 97. And this guy here ends on page 110. That's the last page that has anything printed on it. Yet there are two more blank pages at the end of the book. Uh, paper quality looks to be pretty much the same. 
quality of the of the uh, cover. Oh yeah, yeah. So that's the word I'm looking for. Cover um, looks to be the same, but it is slightly different. It is a different print, different paper. Also, physical size has been changed. That's probably the printing method. Uh, holding these two guys up, putting them together, the original has about maybe an eighth of an inch, three-eighths, uh, maybe a quarter inch, three-sixteenths to a quarter of an inch more height on it. So the new one is a little sh shorter, uh, but... The new one is also slightly wider, and it looks like about a sixteenth of an inch, which is probably coming from the way that it was printed and bound. And my old book has a whole bunch of pages that got folded up in it somehow. Okay, that's not good. <laughs> but yeah, I'm looking at it, and um, the cover paper is different. Uh, not as gloss... Well... The original is not as glossy, more of a matte finish, whereas the new one is glossier. But if you flip to the inside, there's more of a gloss on the inside of the old one than the new one. So that's a little different there. They also look like they resized things a bit. Yep, resized some things. Updated it a bit, so hopefully they have gone through and made some of those adjustments All right, so that's what I'm going to do there. I'm going to take some time go through the book and see what adjustments they made this should be the same as the PDF that I got But I want to kind of review it real quick and see what they did and then we'll come back with findings All right, well, a couple days have passed. I've had a chance to go through the BX Revised Dungeon Guide. That is the name of it. Well, BX Dungeon Guide, but whichever. So you don't have to go back through the previous podcast. I'm going to go ahead and tell you everything that was missing from the original. All right, so to give you a basis as to why I was so frustrated with this Kickstarter... And just the poor handling, honestly, by Pacesetter. I have, there's no other excuse for it. And I will say project manager, who is supposed to be Ben Barsh, Bill Barsh's son, who's the, Bill Barsh is the designer of this. Ben is supposed to be the project manager. And I put the blame squarely on both of them. Slack. That's all it is. And let's also note that Ben Barsh is the Frog God Games media guy. Does stuff for YouTube channel and everything like that. So, you know, once again, two different interests going on here. That being said, once again, let's list out what was missing. Things that people knew were missing. And then the things that I listed out in... Uh, and placed out on the Kickstarter uh, site, 
and so everything that was uh, messed up there. So the original things that people knew were missing from the original dungeon guide, the dungeon generator, character sheets, and the cleric's turning undead chart. Now you'd think the turning undead chart would be with the player's information, but it was with the dungeon guide. So that was kind of weird. But here are the other things. So that's three things so far. I'm adding 12 more, ladies and gentlemen, for a grand total of 15 things missing or wrong. Uh, no, let's see. So number four at this point would be in the adventuring section, additional details on saving throws because the wisdom chart in the player's guide says something about it. Uh, in the player guides, the spell lists are messed up. They're missing spells from the bottom row of each of the spell things. That was not going to get changed, so that's not in here, but that was number five of everything I saw was messed up. Number six, uh, there's supposed to be a section on rituals and ritual spell casting. Uh, this is in line with the Bless Blight spell in the cleric spells that they've had in there. Seven was the... Let's see, what is this one? Oh, the um, disease. You know, list of diseases and other information for the Cure Disease Cause Disease spell. Eight is... Talking about a list of curses for the remove curse curse spell. Nine supposed to be a chart for the conjure animal spell. Ten, eleven. No, I'm sorry. Ten is rules on blindness in combat, which was totally missed at any given point in the uh, combat section. 11, 12, and 13, we are missing the Animal Summoning 1, Animal Summoning 2, and 3 charts for summoning those animals. So, 3 other charts missing. The Parish spell, which is a new spell, which is in the Druids, is supposed to have a list of plant fiends that you could call with this Parish spell. So, it's like Summon special plant, plant monsters. That's missing as well. And then number 15, there's supposed to be an undead summoning chart for the dark ritual spell for the necromancers. So there's 15 things that were missing. One of them that I know is not going to be in this. So really 14 things total. So how did they do? Okay, so let's start with number four, saying about the saving throws, additional details in the adventuring section. And as I go through the book here, looking through those pages that is on the adventuring section, there is nothing changed in it. Absolutely nada. Nothing else about additional details on saving throws. So, already... 
I'm not feeling too happy about this. I can now say that this is a truly incomplete product if he feels that this is fulfilled. Because he's still missing information. So, boo his. Uh, let's move down the list here because in this same area, uh, number 10 is talking about the effects of darkness and, you know, on cast on a creature, so fighting blind. So if you go back several pages in here to page 7, or 8, whichever it is, uh, yeah, game mechanics start up with combat on 7, but you go to page 8, and I can see that they've added in a paragraph that's about blind fighting. You know, eight lines in here. Now, in the original book, we've got basically six, seven lines of space left on that page for them to add in. So already I knew he was going to have to edit something. And I go through and I start looking at how they edit things. And yeah, we took out a line here or there in some of the other, some of the other areas. But then I'm... As I kept looking at it here, I got it was curious. I kept looking, something's still not quite right. I go back and I start doing a little counting, and lo and behold, remember I said that the new book is slightly shorter, that you know, almost a quarter inch. There it is. Because of the new paper and the new printing and everything that he had to do, he's missing one line of text per page. One less. Actually, since this is double columned, that's two lines. So whatever you want to call it, you know, but one line over an entire page there. So he's got to edit a whole bunch more. Because I'll tell you right now, looking through the original, you can see that there is several times that things are really tight. You know, there's a lot of information on the page. There wasn't a lot of extra stuff and he tried to keep things thankfully all on one page not try to let it spill over to other pages if at all possible so it was curious now did i go deep into it no um but i was i went and picked and choose a couple areas here uh i decided to go into uh the monster area, uh, page 45 with the bugbear. So let's see. Okay. Here's one area that the creature has information. And was there anything different between them to make sure that everything was, you know, am I missing? Something's got to be missing. Something has to be missing here and there. So when you go and look at it, um, It's been changed a bit because he reworded some stuff and added in uh, things that he was supposed to have. Here's the line in particular. Uh, in the original, for bugbears, in reality, they are quick, extremely strong, clever, orderly, and aggressive. The same line here goes, in reality, they are quick, extremely strong, parentheses, plus one damage with weapons, in parentheses, clever, orderly, and aggressive. Sorry, he's had to add something. And I had to go back and look, and it's in the paragraph that's up above that where we edited out one line a little bit. You know, kind of 
tightened up our wording here and there, but he edited out one line so he could add in that little bit more for the bugbear and tweak some stuff with that. So, yeah, he had to get creative in adding in uh, anything new, but also reworking all the pages to make sure that everything still fit so it didn't start flowing over because, you know, that's just part of the whole process. I guess, if, I guess for somebody who's never created a book or something like that, and if any of you guys have, several of you guys have created stuff out there, um, formatting is a, is a bugger. <laughs> formatting is a bugger. I mean, I guess I did enough of it with Word and so forth. So yeah, the, it's an interesting change in there. I don't know exactly uh, exactly how much it has changed with some of the things, but uh, I did note wherever he beforehand might have had spelled things out like uh, save versus spells, but versus was spelled out. Now you see in places save versus and versus is abbreviated. There's other times that it was abbreviated, and now it's no longer abbreviated. So there's no consistency there either. So, curious. So, yeah, hey, but he added the information in. Yay! Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, let's see, what else is here? All right, let's go to the next section. Continuing on through the book, uh, as we head to the back, of the book, where, which is where I expect some of this information to show up, these charts and everything. Uh, right at the end, where we get to the monster combat chart, uh, which is right after magic items, um, in this area, we actually see the undead cleric turning chart that's supposed to be in here. Uh, as we said before, that was number three. It shows up, so it's cool. But when you look at the original, there was already, a, at that spot, there was the uh, object, item, saving throws. That's been moved down to the bottom of the page. And a graphic that was there has been removed. you got to make space somewhere. Uh, they added the graphic, a different graphic in over on the opposite page, the opposing page, to have the, uh, give you at least something on, in that area. So, okay, so we added that. In cool beans you go past the original end of the book the original guide which the last page was about demi humans so that ends that and now we get into all the missing stuff first up is the information on curses so right away we check off number eight yep that's in there Two paragraphs and a list of different curses. Hey, look, a curse of blind. Effect, target cannot see. Curse of deaf. Effect, target cannot hear. You know, curse of memory. Target suffers from amnesia. Okay, thank you. All right. Uh, then we have a paragraph on rituals. Okay, how about that? Let's see, what was rituals? Oh, yeah, that was number six. So we're talking about ritual spells and how that works, etc. Cool. Next column is diseases. So that's checking off number seven. And the diseases that are in here and their effects. Okay, so, oh, hey, let's list out the diseases. Flu, 
leprosy, madness, heart, stomach, and lycanthropy. And all of a sudden, it's like, wait a minute. I don't remember anything about lycanthropes. But then underneath there, there's a bit about lycanthropes. And it tells you to go back and refer to page 64, which is where we get into uh, the section about lycanthropes in the monster section. Okay, so I guess he figured that part out. Need to go back and catch it. Cool beans. Uh, the next following page, there are five charts. And yes, indeed, I see my animal summoning one, animal summoning two, animal summoning two, undead summoning chart, plant fiends. What? Yes, boys and girls, once again, we have messed up. Instead of putting animal summoning one, two, and three, he repeated summoning two twice. But it's just the title. The charts are different. And I would have to really go back and look at the spell to determine which one was supposed to be used in there. And I'm going to go with... Just taking a quick glance at it here. Uh, going down the page, one, three, and two. Going to the next column. Uh, because of the types of animals there. But again, I'd have to go into the spell to look at it. But I think the monsters in, or excuse me, the animals in Animal Summoning 2, or excuse me, the first Animal Summoning 2 chart uh, are a bit nastier personally. Maybe not. Maybe I'm just not catching it. But I see more things like lion, saber-toothed tiger, rhinoceros, uh, elephant. I don't see that over here in the second column, Animal Summoning 2. So we get the charts in there and we still mess it up by not getting the names. Cool. Uh, second column, there's still the undead summoning chart. Yay. That takes care of of item number 15 that we had so there's that's not missing let's see uh 50% so between 1 and 50% you either get a skeleton a zombie or a dread uh ghoul after that then shadow and that's 3 quarters of all the monster of the undead right there Un skeleton, zombie, dread, ghoul, and shadow. And then above that, the last quarter is ghast, white, wraith, and specter. Okay. We check off number 14 here because we have the plant fiends that could be summoned. So, and by the way, the plant fiends, as he has them here, green slime, yellow mold, wood golem, dryad, treant. That sounds like a very interesting spell. I'm going to have to go back and uh, go look at this parish spell that's in the Druids things in here. This might be one we add in here. Now, I didn't mention number nine. Because what I'm missing, I should have another chart here, right? The Conjure Animals chart. Well, guess what? That's actually same as Animal Summoning One. And while I could be upset about that, that's probably has happened in original D&D, or excuse me, Advanced Dungeons & Dragons. Somehow, I think that chart, one of those charts was repeated like that. 
So, yeah, you got it in there, and it's just a different spell for it. Okay, fine. Cool. So, hey, you got everything that I said in there. So, the 12 that I added, well, actually, 11 of the ones I added. Uh, one of them, again, was in the player guide, so we can't add that in. All right, all right. Um, what else is in here? Well, let's go see. Okay, so we're adding in, let's see, we're missing two pieces yet, all right? The dungeon generator and character sheets. Now, you think the character sheets would have been in the player's thing, and it probably was supposed to be. That's actually a separate PDF file. They made that available uh, several months ago once they figured that out. Uh, and also gave you a supplement that Paysetter had put out, uh, DA1, which was a dungeon generator and treasure guide. I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. But it still wasn't making me feel warm and fuzzy about them. So we come to the very end of the book. And we go to page 100. Oh, wait a minute. There's no pages, page numbers here. All the page numbers going forward are missing. No, nope, missing pages, missing page number. Until you get to the final print page, which has their little dragon head up in the upper left corner, all of a sudden now we get the original pace setter games and simulation thing. And I noticed that and I went, wait a minute. This looks familiar. What, what's going on here? I went back to DA1 supplement. And wouldn't you know, he cut out of that PDF, stuck into here, the random dungeon encounter generator, all of the charts that you need, and then the D100 monster chart, which takes... You know, five pages, and then chart 11, which takes up one page and is smaller print than what we already had there, but he wanted to make sure it fit on one page. And then there was a sample map and sample dungeon. Now, we were offered and supposed to have a sample dungeon in here. But this is also part of DA1, and I think you heard me talk about this a short and a couple podcasts back, when we got the updated PDF, the sample map looks like something I drew back in middle school. There's no, it's not a professional thing. It's not done with any program or style or anything. I mean, it, it seriously looks like somebody just drew it on grid paper and very faint grid paper and copied it or something. There's no... Lines here showing you grid. Yeah, there's no grid lines in here. You can tell where they were. That's pretty obvious. But other than that, I mean, it's, what if you're going to produce a product like this in a PDF? You're a company, for God's sake. Then it needs to be a better map than this. It really does. This is just absurd. And the sample dungeon is stocked out. Now, interesting enough, they go, they list out everything that's in DA1, and then he gets to number 15, uh, room 15, and it says, the rest is up to you. 
A completely keyed version of this dungeon can be found in supplement DA1 for BX. Dun dun dun. Joy. Ha. <laughs> ah, I mean. But what, what should I expect? Right? We've already been talking about how late this thing was and other pieces here. Okay. Let's add in one other thing that I noted as I was combing through this to find other bits and pieces that seemed weird. Because I knew with the tight nature that he already had on some pages with his wording and everything, there were going to be some areas that things had to change. Uh, there's an area where they go over the gods and greater demons, which if we go back and look at it, we talked about his... Uh, campaign setting the misty isles and had talked about guides for those planes and so forth and had listed them out and this is where it gets interesting so the new book says complete guide to each plane is available from pace setter games and simulations and this is going to be fall of 2020 okay that's cool but the original book says it's a, going to be available winter 2020. On the opposite page, there is a thing of uh, another source book, The Gates to the Unknown, Plains of the Misty Isles. Well, it sounds a lot like the complete guide there, you know. Over here on the opposite page, it says fall 2020. But when you go back and look at the original text, it says winter 2020. There's also the Misty Isles campaign setting listed as summer of 2020. The original says spring of 2020. Well, heck, he got that part right because he didn't produce that thing. So, yeah, um, not a lot of uh, continuity editing going on here either. <laughs> so, ah, it is what it is. All right, well, that's everything that... I've looked at that was supposed to be added. Uh, a couple things that were changed. I'm not going delving greatly into change things because, well, I, I don't need to get high blood pressure. I don't need to have an aneurysm. You know, it is what it is. We know what's gone on so far. I guess now it's time for me to sit back, mull on this, and say, What's the final verdict? What is my final verdict on Paysetters BX Remastered? So the final verdict. Spent some time really thinking about it, almost two days dwelling on it, deciding what did I really feel about it? I'll break it up in a couple different ways here. Did I get my money's worth? No. There's just too many problems with it. Poor formatting. Too many errors. Too much stuff that was missing that I had to call out. I mean, 15 different things called out. 12 of them by me. Three of them that were known by everybody. And I dare say, if I hadn't said something, it those 12 items would still be missing. Also, 
reusing previous content that you've already published in something else, that doesn't sit quite right with me either. I didn't pay for, well, I mean, I guess I, if I, if you really think about it, maybe I did pay for previous content they added in there, but that just seems like a, a cheap way of going about it. So, no, no, it is not worth the money that was put forth. But what about the content overall? There's some decent stuff in there, some things. As a BX player, you know, like OSC and everything, you know, we cobble so many things together. It, this really feels like, hey, look, this is BX, and what we've done is we've house-ruled a whole bunch of stuff over the years and added some things, and now we're codifying it. So I kind of get that sort of feel to it. And I guess that's not such a horrible thing, and I will go through and pick and choose some things in there. Now, I would not have said that to begin with, but talking with Minion Bravo the other day, we were talking about some character thoughts that he had, and he's asking a couple things, and going back and forth, and he asked about Necromancer, and I was like, well, here, let me show you this. And he looked at it, he's like, oh, that's interesting. So there's actually a way that I could envision the Necromancer fitting into the world. Remember in the BX Remastered, Necromancers were not evil. They were not evil. <laughs> they were, uh, you know, some of them were evil, but they could be neutral as well. Could be lawful to a degree. And that's what they said in the book. And I guess it depends upon how you're going to rule it. So, I think I am going to cobble some things together. I still say there's an issue with the uh, points, the experience points in there. They're just off a good bit. There are some tools out there, and I came across a website that could go through and depending upon, uh, you know, what features you had, etc., you know, what saving throws you would use, you know, uh, what attack rolls you would use, uh, several things like that. They had come up with a, a, a template to just add those in and come up with the base XP for a class, and then there was a multiplier that went on top of it, so you could see what every level was. And I might go through and sort of double-check the Necromancer, the Ranger, the Elf, I to, and the Half-Elf. I want to see what they put in there with that. Now, granted, I'm probably going to use OSE's rules for most everything there. But to integrate some things, see exactly how far off it is. So... Yeah, let's cobble some stuff in there. We got some other spells that are available, some new ones. So let's look at dropping a couple of those in as necessary. So not, you know, it's not totally unusable. Not totally unusable. Uh, now Shandy Andy has said that eventually, if he ever gets his copies. He will run 
a one-shot that is the BX Remastered. Uh, he and I have had a little chat offline and said that what we'll do is have a bunch of pre-gens already. If people want to get the opportunity to make a character, they might, but we're going to kind of go through and see some stuff. I really want to see that Necromancer in action, so we kind of have to decide it, but he's going to have to read through the rules first himself as we go along. So it'll be quite interesting to see this. So uh, hold your hats, boys and girls. It it will get played once. <laughs> That's a fact. It will get played once. Uh, uh, may get played rules as written. Who knows? Speaking of rules as written, one of the other benefits of this really does come down to the fact that we've got the monsters. The monsters are close to what BX and OSE have. Uh, Beck me, I mean, they're all... If you have gone through and looked at it, anything in BX, BeckMe, OSE, stats and everything, pretty much exactly the same. I found one or two small differences, but with BX Remastered, we've, uh, I've looked at it, we're pumping up the AC a little bit. We are making the monsters a, just a bit tougher in certain instances, not as tough in other instances. So, it, another variation of monsters. Okay. So, that's at least beneficial there. One thing I was looking at were the definition of his doors in the dungeon guide and how to use them in your game, how to adjudicate, trying to open up different types of doors. And I think what's going to happen is I'm going to adapt that information because I still want to use, you know, OSE. I still want to use regular BX rules for opening doors, but, you know, what happens if you're trying to break it down? That's never really said, so it's something that's adjudicated by the GM, and, hey, look, this is some rules that can help us out. Okay, how long does it take you to get through the door? That's not a bad idea. So... Will I use BX Remastered parts of it? Yes. My final thought is for all of you that feel like, would I ever want to buy this? Would I ever want to get the PDFs? If the PDFs were less than five bucks, I'd tell you to make certain they were gold-plated PDFs. I wouldn't pay more than five bucks for them. Is disappointing in there. In fact, I honestly cannot recommend any paysetter stuff ever. After this Kickstarter, after the shoddiness of running this thing, after the map, that horrible hand-drawn map that was added in there for the sample dungeon, I mean, I'm sorry, you're professionals. If you're just going to do hand-drawn maps, then, you know, I don't need to be paying for them that much. Yeah, you had to pay for artwork. Ooh, whatever. Make a version of this thing without all the artwork. Yeah, 
take all the artwork out. There you go. There's my five bucks for both player and dungeon guy. That's what I would do. So, yeah, this is just my opinion. Take it as you will. But I will tell you, if you ever ask me, I will never support Paysetter, nor will I endeavor to support them. And I'm just about aggravated enough with them to actively campaign against them. Am I going to do that? Probably not. I still have uh, a module, I think, that's missing. I've got to go back and check. I think I've, I'm still do one print copy of a module or maybe a PDF. I've got to go find out, see where that's at. Or maybe, you know what? I'll just wash my hands of the whole thing and say, we're done. Witchcraft! Well, let's put a pin in this episode. That's as much as you need to hear from me for right now. Other things out on the horizon. Minion Bravo has indicated that, you know, he kind of liked the comedic aspect that was added in our my last podcast there. Uh, and I've heard a couple people on Discord say that they really enjoyed that. I haven't talked to Che Webster yet to make sure he heard it and enjoyed it since it was done sort of for his benefit in a way. <laughs> but anyway, take care. We'll see you soon.